She Sheds Real Light with Crystal Fry and Susan Price, and today's episode is Quiet My Soul. This week was a really good reading, too. I think it just gets better as time goes on. Um, In chapter nine of the book, it starts off talking about do, delegate, or dismiss. And um, as I was reading through it, all I could think about was how... um, I am one who used to find my self-worth or my identity in my schedule. And I felt like if I had a clear schedule and had nothing going on, that I wasn't worthy of anything or I didn't have an identity. And I struggled with that for a really long time. And I thought the more I filled my schedule with stuff, the better off I was, the more important I was more important or like not, not higher up, but I just felt like I had a purpose. And so when I didn't have my agenda filled with things, I often found myself like kind of just down and sad about it. And so reading through these chapters kind of brought me back to that place of where I used to be. And while I am still working on a lot of things, obviously reading through this chapter, um, that was definitely one thing that stood out a lot to me um, in chapter nine. And when she was talking about um, sometimes you can simply have too much of a good thing. And so we could be doing serving all of these different areas that are great things and they're for God. Um, but at the same time, we're overloading our schedules and overwhelming our souls and um, doing it for the wrong reasons. And so this chapter to me was a really, really good one. I think that it's so cool how this is something that we've been talking about for quite a while now, like just about what can we take out? What do we need to replace? Like all those kind of things. It's it's so cool how it kind of aligned with kind of what has been on our minds as a whole anyways. And um, I just think it's awesome how that works out sometimes. Like it's almost like that, that little God wink of, you know, I'm trying to tell you, you need to get things into perspective. You need to make sure that you're doing what I'm asking you to do and not things that I'm not and, and that kind of stuff. And I know that even from reading this, there's so many things in this chapter and so many things in the next chapter that have been on my own heart just lately in general. Um, and it it says in here, I needed to empty the rooms of my soul. And when she said that, I'm like, Oh wow. Like, isn't it funny how some things can really just hit home in a different way, like just reading it or the words that someone uses to describe it? Um, I feel like it hits differently in the way that she describes it and how she empties her living room, but how we should really empty out our lives and then refill it with things that bring us that bring us like joy and purpose and that God really intends for us to do. And um kind of get rid of those other things. Um, I just think it's really awesome how she, one, just describes it, but it really just hit home in the way that she puts it in general. It kind of goes along with last week when, you know, we say, or she said in here, like, here, God, here's my schedule. You do what you want to do with it, and I'll be obedient in what you're telling me. And, you know, that's basically what she's doing in in her living room when she's going through things, you know, and getting rid of things that don't have a space there anymore and the things in our lives i mean like we if i think about my life and the things that don't have space here anymore even if it's good things like that's really hard to 
decide on what needs to go and what doesn't, which is exactly why we need to consult with God and let him guide and direct and tell us this needs to go. This needs to stay. Because I think when we make or I know when we make those decisions on our own, it never ends up at a good place. It has to be um, consulted with God first. And we have to have that confirmation from him to know that we are doing the right thing. I know she said a quiet space exposes truth. Um, mm. That's and that good. stood out because I was like, okay, if, you know, and I, I'm going to share this, I think, when one of the questions that it asked, but it goes along with this, but, it, you know, we can be so busy doing for God that we don't spend time with God. And that was something my mom said to me a while back. She was like, you know, you can be doing all these good things, but you have to remember that you can get so busy doing for God, doing for God and for the kingdom that you forget to spend time with God. And she was right. Like, I was so busy going, 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 making sure that I was doing things. Um, for God. But at the end of the day, I wasn't spending that time with him like I should. And so when she said a quiet space exposes truth, you know, sitting with God in just the still quietness of everything and just clearing those schedules to spend that time with him, it definitely exposes the truth of what it is in, in our lives, period, that we need to be doing and what we need to get rid of and empty out so that he could fill us full of him. Yeah, it's funny because you were saying earlier too um, something that there's a sentence I underline and it says, I realized how addicted to hustle I had become and how culture uses busyness as a measure of worth. And that's kind of how you were talking about earlier is how that's how you found your worth. But I liked how she worded it again because she says addicted. And so many times everybody's like, you know, when you think of an addict, you think of drugs or you think of alcohol or you think of things like that. But the truth is, is I think we've talked about it before, too, is that you can be addicted to people. You can be addicted um, to pornography. Obviously, you can be addicted to a lot of different things, but you can also be addicted if you think about it to busyness because busyness, one, occupies your mind. It keeps you from dealing with things that you need to deal with. I mean, there's so many things that busyness can do in our lives. And I love the way that how she puts this because it's true, you know, like we can be addicted to busyness, but sometimes that addiction is because we think that that's where our worth is found. And having that ability to be able to see like, am I finding my worth and staying busy and in the things that I'm doing or am I finding my worth in who Jesus says I am? And it's hard because we can get so wrapped up that we forget to really figure out where our worth comes from and focus on that versus focusing on everything else that's around us. Yeah. Addicted to the hustle. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Like I, and I think you get to a point where you're so worn down too from doing those things, from the addiction to hustle and busy life. It wears you down just like any other addiction does. And you're tired and you have nothing to pour out. Like you're you're pouring out emptiness, if that even makes sense. And you're not yeah. giving people your full self. And she also had said you can't control and connect at the same time. Mm. Um, you no longer have time to, or she no longer had time to connect on a meaningful level because she was so busy controlling. But so when we're controlling things and trying to have our hands in everything, we can't make that connection with people. And we're honestly robbing them of an opportunity um, of giving them our best us too, you know, the, the us that God wants us to be able to give and serve for other people. Um, but when we're trying to control the situation and do that, it's it's not lining up with each other. So that was something that really stood out to me too and, and kind of hit home for me. There were so many good things, but um, you know, and then just talking about how 
if we hold on to something just because we think it's ours forever, we may not, we may stay long after it's time to release it. That to me really stuck out because I think, you know, you and I both over the past, what, two years or so, year and a half have talked about different things in life about what we need to let go of. And, And sometimes it's really hard, even if we feel God saying like, this it's time it's time but it's something you love and I know you've talked a lot about like well it, you know it it's mine why well, he, he's given it to me but he could take it away at any time and I have to be okay with that and I've even heard you say I would be okay with that because that's what God's told me to do but when I think about it I'm like I'm not sure that I would be that I know that willing and I should be but that willingness that you have to just say okay God this is yours do what you will if, if it's my time to walk away then I'm walking away um, which I know you wouldn't do it without like a mental battle, but at the same time, like just hearing you say, like, if he tells me to walk away, I will walk away. I don't know that I had the willpower without arguing with God about it first. I think, you know what though? I say that, but I think if it actually came down to it, it would be like harder. It's one of those things where you're like, you say it, but it's harder to like do it, you know? And so I think that I say that and I want to be confident in that. But the truth is, is that would that confidence really shine through if I really heard God saying, like, walk away? But I do feel like, um, let me share this, because I kind of am like going into the help thing. And I don't want to go into the help thing until we finish this chapter. But one of the last um, sentences that I underlined was, you will find freedom in establishing ground rules for yourself, knowing what you simply won't do. That begins by extracting yourself from excessive commitments today. And, you know, honestly, I think, Susan, we've talked about this in other podcasts before, but we really like to overly commit ourselves. And I think that sometimes it's not just for worth. It's just real life, like reality is, is that we have a lot going on and we're like, I can do it. And you feel like you can do it in the moment. But then after that moment, like kind of passes, you find yourself stressed out. You find yourself, you know, really just needing a word from God. You find yourself in all these positions of where like, okay, I did it, but could I really do it? Because was God asking me to do it? And I think a lot of times we, that's what we do as I mean, think I really, I really feel like it's just women in general and maybe men too, but I feel like we just overly commit ourselves a lot because we just feel like we can and we don't consult first or we don't, you know, really go to God first. And I think that that's a struggle on our part, but this book's really opened in my eyes to like other ways of figuring out what I can let go of, what I can do and kind of leading us to the next chapter of like what I can have help with, not necessarily of saying like, I'm done with this, but allowing other people to lead, allowing to see other people's capabilities coming out. And I think that I'm definitely in a season of asking for help, And I'm learning how to do that as much as like, I don't want to do that. I'm learning how to do that because I know that that's what God would have me do. And that's what I know. Like he's, he's, he, he's wants you to bring up leaders. And I think it's so hard, but I think that it's definitely something that he's teaching me through this season I'm in right now is that it's okay to do that, but I have to be willing. Yeah, no, totally on the same page with you on that. And I think the most important thing you can take away from this chapter is just uh, you. It says she says start with quieting your life. 
So it's like, just pray a prayer of Lord, quiet my soul. And then, you know, that's what I've been praying since I read this today. I'm like, quiet my soul, Lord, like quiet my soul so that I can be alone with you and hear no distraction, but hear clearly from you what you want my agenda to look like. Um, but, you know, delegating is something that we both had to do a lot of lately. And it's not easy, but we've literally had so much on our plates with personal life and home life and kids and marriages and ministry. Sickness. Like, sickness. Yeah, it's just been so many things. And it's kind of like, okay, we're learning. Maybe this is what God's using to teach us to delegate things out because delegating is not easy. And, and we're about to get into the reasons why why that is, yeah. especially for me. But, um, you know, when we delegate, that means we do have to ask for help too. It's like, hey, I'm giving you this. Do you mind help taking this off my plate and doing this because I need it right now? Yeah. One of the biggest things in this help chapter was, and I know Susan and I are on the same page with this because we've talked about it so many times, but collaboration sounds like more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> and it's funny because you would think Susan and I, you know, we work together in ministry outside of She Sheds. You know, we have another ministry and then we work together in a church ministry and stuff. And so we collaborate all the time. But the reality of it is like when you say, for instance, are leaders of that ministry or whatever it is in collaborating with like people who you're bringing forth. Sometimes it's just so much more work because you're thinking like, are they going to do it like I have in my my head? And and there's one, you know, um, one ministry that I'm thinking about in general where I'm like, you know, are we going to are they going to see my vision for it? But I think that that's my responsibility as a leader too, to be able to share that vision, share that goal and trust. And I think that, that I have a hard time doing that, but I'm also learning that in that you're able to grow. Like I'm able to grow not only as a person, but as a leader in general of letting that delegation be out there. Yeah. And what she talked about with um, how pretty much these are not her exact words, but basically when we're not delegating things out, we're not giving other people an opportunity, kind of like Crystal mentioned earlier. And we're kind of robbing them of their opportunity to serve. Yeah. You know, God could have laid something on their heart to like the ministry, maybe the ministries that we're a part of. And God gave them a word or a vision to say like, hey, I want you to help serve here. But if we're not willing to delegate anything out because our control issues step in the way because we have certain ways that we want to do things, certain ways that we see things through and have fear of it not going in the way that we imagine it because the they got pink decorations and not till decorations and now we're bummed over something so small, then we're, we truly are robbing them of being able to serve and walk in the calling that God's put on their lives. And so if we could be a, a roadblock for them, um, I, I definitely don't want to be that. And I honestly, I don't think that I've ever really put much thought into it that way. But knowing that when we're not delegating things out, we are skipping over people and they're missing out on an opportunity to serve and be involved and do something, too. And um, that that to me really hit home because I was like, I don't want to be the reason that someone else can't serve in the capacity that God has put on their hearts. Yeah. Um, well, it says here we have never liked feeling needy, weak, or incompetent. And I don't feel like, you know, I don't, I know I don't like feeling needy. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to put too much on someone else, but I also know that I need other people's help sometimes. So that leads us to, uh, I it says we, 
we have never liked feeling needy, weak, or incompetent. And for me, I don't like to feel needy. I don't want to put too much on somebody to feel like they have to do it. But the truth of the matter is, is in reality, we're all freaking needy. Like we're oh. needy all the time. Like I'm needy of my husband. I'm needy of my kids. I'm needy of like attention. I'm needy of like, I'm, I'm a needy. I'm a needy person. Okay. But I don't want to put that on somebody else. I'd rather supply your needs. But in order to do something to the best of 100% of what God has called you to do, sometimes that means for asking help. That means that you can't do it all on your own. Like you might not be competent enough to know some of the stuff that God is asking or needs of you, you know, or need somebody else to step in and do. And, and also it does make you feel really weak. I think that I'm always like, I want to look strong. I want to look like I have it all together. I want to look like all these things. And yeah, we when we're weak, we really are the strongest because God is able to show up. And I love that scripture in Second Corinthians that talks about that, you know, but living it out is a different story. Absolutely. No, I mean, I I feel like I'm needy a lot of times, too. And also I can um, relate to where she talked about um if we let onlookers get too close to our truest self, they will have front row seats to our inner wreckage. And I was like. Ooh. Oh, so when I ask someone to help, normally that comes with an explanation of why, you know, sometimes, I mean, we are like, hey, I've got this going on or, you know, in our situation where we recently were not able to be a part of our biggest retreat of the year, like our women's retreat, we mm -hmm. couldn't go. We had to make the decision to God's best yes for us and be able to stay at home because our families were sick. We had been sick. We didn't have the energy restored back in us. And um in, in order to do so, we, I mean, this is a big event. So we had to be vulnerable and tell them why we couldn't be there. And it's nothing like it was embarrassing, but it's more than information than we would normally give out to people. And so with that being said, you know, they're getting a front row seat of what's going on. And granted, it was just sickness at the time, but it, it really does relate to other things in life of how, um, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm mentally, when I went through postpartum depression, like, not letting anyone know about that because for me it was embarrassing for me it looked like I, I would have been needy if I would have asked for help but at the same time the people I did allow to get close I gave them that front row seat to see you know the inner wreckage that was going on in my life and it wasn't something I was proud of but looking back on it I know that it was something I needed to do because I physically couldn't do anything more on my own at that point in time because I wasn't like mentally you know able to do it and um, you were vulnerable. Yeah, very vulnerable. And she also mentions like, what if we can't tolerate the times when he, he, as in God, wrecks our flawed plans and replaces them with his? Like, I think about that too, as a control freak person, I'm like, okay, he, he does. He wrecks our plans nonstop. Like we had plans to go to this retreat and make it something great, but he wrecked our plans because he knew we needed to be at home with our family. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things, things like that, like you can, you can see that like what he needs to do, what he does do when he steps in is always better than what we do and plan for ourselves. Yeah, actually, I was going to share even the two sentences before the sentence that you shared where it says, furthermore, if we get that close to God, will we acknowledge our need of him? We'll end up bitter towards him if he disappoints us. And I have found myself truly bitter towards God sometimes. And I hate to admit that, but it's the truth. I've been bitter because he has taken something that I've really wanted 
for instance, that retreat and he's done something else with it and or with my family or whatever else. And I can find myself at a bitter place of going like, you know, God, like that's not what I wanted. And I know that he knows better. And I know that I know I know that mentally that he knows better. But in that for in that instance, in that situation, I'm like, but I don't understand it. And I'm and I think back in this book, it's like, are you going to be okay if you never figure out why you don't understand that until you go to heaven? Like, are you going to be okay not knowing like he had control over that and you may never know until you get to heaven? And I'm like, I don't know, Lord. Like, I'm not really sure if I will be okay with that. I'm pretty bitter or agitated at the time, you know? And so, I, I mean, I have to admit, and I also know that I'm trying to get better about repenting of those things because I don't realize so much about how I do these things such as bitterness. I might have bitterness at my heart or control in my heart and not trusting God. And I don't know how much I actually say, Lord, I repent of that sin because that is sin to have those things, you know, and um, it's hard to recognize them in the moment, but the, blessing of going through this book is actually seeing that stuff in a different perspective and actually being able to recognize it now and knowing like, okay, I need to be better about this. Oh yeah. I know. There's been so many times I've been bitter with God too. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm, I'm just like, why, like, why be bitter? Like it, it only hurts us in the long run, but you're right. Like it really should be something that we are working on or repenting of on a daily basis or when it happens. And, we have to be mindful of that. And I, I've never really thought about asking, repenting for being bitter. Like, but because I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, we're entitled to feel how we want to feel. But truthfully, when we're bitter, it, another line, whole line of other things come with it. You know, it's like a, a trail that we go down and it starts with bitterness or it starts with disappointment half the time and ends up in bitterment, bitterness and <laughs> other things. And one thing I, I definitely wanted to share in here when she's talking about just saying like the three words saying I need help will change your life. So she dared you to say those words to people like I need help. It says, these are the words that have saved marriages, sent addicts to treatment, ushered teams through the counselor's doorway, and then the catalyst for a trillion prayers of all sizes. Those three words save lives and bring people to Jesus every day. And um, how true is that? Like when we say we need help, marriages, I we need help. You know, we got to go to counseling to to work on our marriage. You're stepping out. You're asking for help. And addicts, when that's the first step, is admitting that there's a problem. They have an addiction and that they won't help with it. They go to someone and say, I need help. You know, they check into a rehab center. And, you know, like, it's just, I don't know, that stood out to me a lot, too, because it's true. When we say we need help, it doesn't just have to be in the big things. It can be smaller things in life, and it's okay. And then she says, asking for help requires a heart unzipped int intimacy with God who saw your need in the first place. He was waiting for you to ask. Other humans, flawed as they are, are often the means through which God will come to your aid. Um you know, so we can ask for help and we may end up disappointed later, but God comes to our side and he makes all things right. And um, disappointment is just a part of life, but that's how we learn life lessons, too. I think the important thing to honestly get out of this scripture or, or out of this scripture, out of this chapter itself, is that um, 
make sure you're going to God for help. You know, like if you really need help too, like make sure you're telling God, like I need help. Like I need your help right now. I cannot do this on my own. And I know how many times I've cried out to him. And sometimes we don't have, we don't feel like we have that help right away. But as she talks about, you know, partnering with God and making sure like God has our back ultimately, and he knows the best for us and believing that and seeing that. And, you know, this chapter talks about her washing her dad's hair. And I can remember myself just taking care of my grandma. And I can remember, you know, one instance of her um, not being able to make it to the bathroom and having to clean up. And I can remember just having to take care of her. And she used to take care of me. And um, just the, I know how she had to feel so helpless in that moment for asking for help but I know how honoring it was for me to be able to do that and if you look at that from an outside perspective of asking other people to help how honoring that is to them to be able to do that and you don't see it as that but it's true you know that is their their time to shine that is their time to help you and I, I love that that, that's exactly what I was about to say. I love when she said, when you ask someone to help, you might be setting someone up to shine with us. being yeah. kids, real light. What perfect thing to say is, you know, you're giving them an opportunity to shine. Spotlight's not going to be on you. And a lot of times I think that's another reason we don't give things over because we like the spotlight to be on us. We like people to look at us. Like you said, Oh, they've got it all together. They do this, this, and this, they serve here. They do this, you know, like I was listening at homecoming um, football game the other night. And as the the contestants for homecoming court were being announced, he was like, they are in this club and they serve at their church and they're in youth group and they do this with um, homeless, you know, shelters and they do this, this and this. And I'm like, all oh, this looks good on their college transcript. But that that's what that is, is me, 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 look at me. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in that in in the spotlights of everything. And, and I don't think it's intentional, but it's obviously flesh and it's war within ourselves and it's what the enemy wants us to do is be so caught up on ourselves, but truly handing that over and saying, all right, girl, it's your time to shine. Like it's spotlight on you for once. You have something to offer people that I don't. So how about you take the center stage and you have your turn? We're learning so much in this. I think even in the season that we're at, like it's just, it's teaching me so much. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that we decided to do this book right now because it's pushing me to do something that I'd probably say I'm giving up on this. It's pushing me to also push my, or take, you know, push my own limits to like go further in figuring out and working on my own heart. So let's get started on the questions, guys. We're going to get started on page 58. Um, the first question is, um, which of the above thoughts resonate with you? Circle all that apply. Feel free to add your own reasons in the margin. And I said, it's the right thing to do. I can get caught up a lot of times on like, it, this is the right thing to do. Like God would want me to do this. This is ministry. This is helping people like all this kind of stuff. That was one. The other one was if someone else does it, it won't be done properly. We talked about this already. Like putting it in somebody else's hands is having to trust somebody. I have trust issues. I've talked about this multiple times. And so making sure that they're properly doing it. That was one of my hard ones. And I don't want to disappoint others. Like sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a disappointment if I say no to this. Or, you know, this is something I really should be saying yes. It, it, I think I don't want to disappoint others. So that's a lot of times why I say yes when I should be saying no. Mm -hmm. 
That's good. Yeah. And oh, I guess I'll go ahead and answer the other one too, right below it. But it says mark on the scale below how overwhelmed you feel by all that's on your plate right now. And I said, I so I put between a three and a four, but I put closer not closer to a four. And then I circled four and then I said, okay, closer to a four. <laughs> yeah. I circled two different ones as well. So the number one that, you know, stood out to me and, and definitely resonates with me is if someone else does it, it won't be done properly. That's definitely my control issue is I've shared before, even on a podcast before that, like before we even started this about, you know, we talked about control, like I fuss because no one helps around the house, but my husband tries to do the right thing or my kids and do the dishes in the dishwasher, but they didn't load it correctly. So I go behind them and redo it anyway. And that's why I stay stressed out. And that's why I'm a five on the chart half the time, because I want to take it all on and not accept the help that people are willing to give because in my eyes, it's done the wrong way when truthfully, there's no right way to load dishes in a dishwasher yeah. as long as they get clean. Um, and then the second one, I said, if I don't do it, no one else will. Sometimes in certain situations, I feel like no one else is going to step up and do it. So I've got to do it myself. Um, and if I don't do it, you know, who who else is going to do it? Because this is something that God needs us to do, you know. And I mean, it could relate to home life or ministry life, whatever that may be. Um, and I was the same. I was between a three and a four. Um, if you would have asked me probably a month or so ago well, I probably would have been a six I mean it was it was a lot at one time um I finally feel like I probably shouldn't even say this but I finally feel like it's decreasing a little bit thank God for that so yeah I am thankful that you know I can say between a three and a four right now and that I'm not way up on the chart yeah I agree I um I feel like maybe it's decreasing a little bit, but then some days I'm like, okay, Lord, no, I feel very overwhelmed. Like, so it's like on a day-to-day -day basis where I would rate myself on that scale. But today it's between a three and a four. <laughs> me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to skip over to page 60. Um, and basically it said, are there certain areas where you feel particularly overwhelmed, but reluctant to say no or to ask for help? Check all areas that apply. Um, definitely I have plenty of areas uh, one being um, my children, one being uh, work sometimes, and then the other one being like volunteer roles. Um, I definitely think I, I mean, I already shared, I take on a lot at one time, and I feel like this can oftentimes leave me feeling defeated, tired, exhausted, and um, it just really, I mean, this is something we've both been working on since before this study, though, is trying to focus more on the things that we need to do or given our best yes so, so she said yeah um I said household duties children relationships and others such as far as I guess it would just be like ministries and work like that and making sure you know I just want to make sure that I'm asking for help when I need help versus just trying to do everything on my own um the next one was put a check beside any of the statements below that resonate with your experience. And I said, I have corners of my life where I don't let people in because I'm afraid they'll mess things up. I don't like asking for help because it makes me feel needy or weak. I don't ask for help unless it's the last resort. And I put, I've asked for help before and people have let me down. And I think that that honestly is probably my biggest thing is that the trust thing I have asked for help before and people haven't done what I've asked them to, or like, I have to go back and be like, did you do this? And then it's like, I wish I would have just done it myself because it wasn't done. And so that, that makes me have a hard time, like actually asking for help. But those were kind of, we've talked about those before too in this. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, mine's the same. Um, I said I don't ask for help unless it's the last resort. But my number one thing was I've asked for help before and people have let me down. I mean, it's just easier to just do it on your own because you've been let down before. So to be sure, these people are going to let you down, too, and you're going to be disappointed. So definitely guilty of that. Um, and then page 61, it says, how do you react to that last statement? How does busyness affect your relationship with God? Um, cause it said, God will never ask us to stretch ourselves so thin that we don't have time for him. Um, so how do you react to that? Um, I said, this is what I shared earlier. Don't be so busy doing things for God that you forget to spend time with God. I'm guilty of being too busy doing exactly that. I forget, I forget, or don't make time like I should. I'm left feeling drained and empty. Yeah, that's good. I said, there becomes no room for him or more like I'm working him in. He shouldn't be a work in or a fill in God. He should be most important, especially so I can see growth in my life. That's good. Um, the next question is circle the passage above. Moses justifies why he put too much on his plate. When have you felt the same way? And I said, with life, running kids around, having chores, work in ministry, but having life's obstacles being faced at the same time. I think the most of the time when I feel so like, you know, I put so much on my plate, but then I have so much on my plate, but I have so much of life's obstacles on my plate too, that I forget that sometimes I have to say no to things because life right now is just hard. And she talked about that in there too, is like how she had to like say no to speaking engagements and stuff like that, because life right then was just not the time for her to be able to say her best yes to those. And I am totally in that season right now to where like life right now is just not the best time to say yes to too much because right now there's a lot of life obstacles being thrown my way that I've got to focus on. And that's, that should be the forefront of letting God come in and work in my own heart and focusing on those things. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the same as what I said. I said, you know, ministry and my family at work, my children, my house, marriage. I said, basically just too much at one time. And like you said, like just having everything fall down at one time, you know, running kids to sports and, multiple sports at that and um, having multiple kids and going to school and them all going three different schools, getting out at the same or at different times. Like it's just a lot. And then you go and add all the extra stuff on top of it that you want to volunteer for or that you want to serve in. And it, it can be a lot. And so um, definitely working on allowing God to fill this, my space and time with what he would want, want it yeah. out, you know, um, so in 63, it says, sometimes we, when we are extremely busy, we don't stop to listen to others offer of help or words of wisdom. Who might be trying to play the role of Jethro in your life? What advice might you take from them? I just said, um, obviously, Crystal, my mom and husband, um, spending time with God and trusting in him, only doing what he has called me to do and not overwhelming my schedule with things that aren't of him. Yeah, I basically just said the same thing. My husband and friendships, I said, you know, just taking um, the advice of making sure that I'm not doing too much, but I'm also listening to God and being still and steady with him. Um, so I think that it plays an important role because they might say that, but do I actually listen? And I need to make sure that I'm actually listening. Um, the next question is going to be on 65 and it's at the top. Why do you think Jesus asked for help? And this question I really, really actually liked because one, 
I never even looked at it as Jesus asking for help when I read like some of these scriptures or whatever. And so when I was sitting there thinking like, why did Jesus ask for help? Because he really honestly didn't need help. I said to let others feel needed, giving the opportunity for them to love on you back. And I was like, wow, like that really does do something special for somebody else is to let them know, like, I need you. Like, I need your friendship. I need your love. I need you to be in my life. And then that way it's actually giving them the opportunity to love me back versus me just trying to love on them constantly. That's really good. I know I, I kind of got stumped on this one. I was like, hmm, why do I think he asked for help? And I was like, same thing. He asked for he asked for help. But yeah. I mean, a lot of these things he did, he gave other people roles. And so what I said was he wanted others to play a part in the miracles. Um, you know, oftentimes like he I, I just feel like he had to bring other people into it to be able to have their they're not God, obviously, but to have their opportunity um, to witness things and be a part of things to play a role. But he also needed their help with things like because he was human, just like we are. Granted, he was perfect, but he was human. So in his human sense, like he can only take on so much, too. I feel like, he, you know, like we just can't take on but so much. And so him coming here, obviously, so that we could see the, the earthly form of Jesus um, even though we weren't present when he was here, you know, I just think that the people who were here and they got to experience that and walk the earth with him and see and be a part of, you know, helping Jesus. Like, I can't imagine, like, if, if he asked me for help, I'd be like, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I'll help you, you know, like, that's an honor to be asked by Jesus to, to offer that help. Um, but you know what, if you think about it, he asked, like, I just thought about this. He asked for it. And versus just thinking someone should offer it. And a lot of times we get stuck in the place of like thinking someone should offer the help without us asking. But if God, if Jesus asked for it, then he knew that they needed to know, you mm -hmm. know. So like maybe that's a reminder for us too that don't just assume that people know what you need help with actually ask for it. Yeah. Like my husband, he he knows I'm struggling over here, knee deep, you know, neck deep, whatever, and, and all this, but he's not offering his help. Like, and now I'm going to be mad about it because he didn't offer it. He clearly can see. I mean, come on, just ask for the help. Don't, don't expect, he always tells me, don't assume, like, just ask me. And yeah. My pride. I don't want to ask you. I want you to see my need and come to the rescue, like, and be like, hey, I'll help you. But honestly, I'll probably be like, I got it. I don't need your help anyway. So we're really learning to be more like Jesus right now, too. We are. We definitely are. Um, it says, what reassurance does this knowledge about Jesus asking for help give you? And I said, it's okay to ask for help. We should ask for help. And we aren't meant to do it all on our own. Um, you know, I think that that stands out the most out of anything is that it's not meant for us to take it all on. He doesn't want us to be an overwhelmed um, people where we can't spend that time with him because we're taking on so many other things and we're not asking others for help. Yeah, I said um, that if he needed help, I was made to also ask for it. Mm -hmm. Like if he needed it, then why would I think that I am, you know, bigger than asking for help? Like I also need it myself and I need to be willing to ask for it. Um, we're going to flip to page 67. And the bottom of that, it says, how does this revelation help you gain perspective on your limitations and your calling? And that's from like the above 
reading and I said, how can I give my best when I'm stretched too thin? Mm -hmm. Like I want to make sure that I'm not stretched so thin. So like I really am giving my best yes to everything. Um, and that I'm not just saying yes to things that I think will help my worth or that I think will, you know, look good. Like I want to say my best yes because I'm not being stretched too thin, but it's what God would want me to do. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, doing all things for the glory of God, basically, you know, he doing, like it says, doing only what he wants me to do, not what I want to do, not what I want to fill my schedule with, but what he wants for me and my schedule. Um, and basically to just let everything else go, like be willing to let it go. Even if it hurts, even if I don't want to, even if I'm hanging on by a thread, just cut the thread and let it go and, and trust him because obviously life is much better when we surrender to God and we're obedient and walking what he's telling us to do. Um, then we are going to go over to page 68 and it says prayerfully consider an area where you have sensed or now in the past, now or in the past that God wanted you to say no yet you fear disappointing someone. Describe the scenario and outcomes. I said, serving in so many areas at one time, continuing to take on more tasks by helping other people, um, by showing up for things that I really don't need to be there for. Stress and anxious is normally the results of this by trying to figure out how to do it all and get it all in my schedule. Um, you know, the places that I'm at right now are the places I'm supposed to be. But just because someone texts me and says they need me for something like that doesn't necessarily mean I have to be the one to show up for it. There's more people that can help with certain things. You know what I mean? And so I have to realize that, sorry, I can't I cannot commit to more now. Um, you're going to have to ask someone else. And I have to be OK with being able to maybe disappoint someone by saying that. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually, the first thing that came to my mind is sometimes that um, I feel, so I send out the morning devotions in the morning. And in the past, I have felt so like I was going to be disappointing people if I don't send it out. And like, I had to do it. But over the past probably year, honestly, I've realized like, if I can't do it, then I can't do it because it's more important that I spend time with God and I feed myself versus thinking that I have to feed everybody else because I I have to come first. Like my, if for my family, for, for my ministries, for everything like that, feeding myself has to come first. And I, you know, I've realized like, if I can't do something, it's okay if you can't do it. It's okay if I have to say no to that one morning. It's okay if I have to say no to that one post. It's okay. Like, because what's important is that I'm making sure that I'm getting what I need um, because I can't pour out unless I'm actually filling up. And so I think saying no sometimes, you know, I've learned over the past year, I really that it's OK. Like, you know, it's, it's OK if somebody's disappointed because I know that God's not when I say my best yes to him and I'm not putting it into others thinking that, you know, I have to do something. That's when, right. he's not, when he's not calling me to do it. That's good. That is really good because I truly think that I myself struggle with that. Like, you know, with us obviously having the different ministries on social media and looking back and I'm like, oh, gosh, we missed the past three days. Like we, we used to be so adamant on posting daily and now we've taken a step back and we've realized that sometimes like it's OK. Like 
Because in all honesty, like we want to help other people and we want to be able to put that encouragement in the scripture and everything out there. But at the same time, it's each of our duties to be spending that time with God is, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean that ugly. I just mean that like that's their responsibility too to make sure that they're getting in their time with God. But for the people who may not know God, you know, and they come across it, it could be something huge for them. Well, I think sometimes, too, that we get so caught up in having to do something versus like if God wants us to do it, that we are like literally struggling to figure out like what it is we're going to say or what it is we're going to post or what it is, all those things. Unless, you know, instead of just saying like, God, are you speaking to me? Put something on my heart. Let me share something, you know, and and we can get so caught up in that because that's what social media is. And in reality is if God is not speaking it and you don't feel that in your soul and and you're just like doing something to do something like, is that really God sent? Is that really you saying uh, yes to something that really should be a no because God's not telling you to do it at that point? And I'm starting to realize like, that is what I'm called to do is do something only when God says do this because that's when he's speaking. And if he's not speaking, then I'm really just like trying to just appease people. And that's not where he's calling me. He's not calling me to appease people. I'm supposed to be seeking after him. Um, meaningless words. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next, uh, the next question was, which one resonates most with you? And it's like those six things up top. Um, it's uh, know who you are, know your priorities, be resolute, keep perspective, remind yourself that no is someone else's yes. Hear God's big yes over you. And I said, definitely the perspective. I have to realize saying yes too much. I can't give my hundred with one thing, hundred percent with one thing. And then I said, number six, he, six hear God's big yes over you. And I think that um, I want to make sure that I'm hearing God over myself and hearing what his yes is for me versus like what I want my yes to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I circled know who you are because like I shared earlier, like I oftentimes think that we can um, get caught up in our identity. We can get caught up in our identity through the things that we do um, or the tasks that we take on. Um, and I said, you know, not finding my identity in the things I do in the places that I serve. Like, I don't ever want that to be my identity. I want my identity and worth is obviously found in God. And I think if we if our mindset is shifted to that being our identity, too, that we can get called up in that, that we can't really serve. the We're not capable of serving at the capacity that God wants us to because our mindset is on the wrong things and in the wrong directions. Um, and then I just put like a number two beside number five where it says, remind yourself that you're nervous. Someone else is yes. Like I never want to take away from someone else to be able to have their moment to shine. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So number 70 at the bottom, I think we're going to do next. Um, and this is the last one that we're actually going to do, um, for tonight, but we hope you guys that have really enjoyed reading these chapters as much as we have too is, and they're getting as much out of it as we are doing. Yeah. So it says in this space, provided write your own script that will help you say no. When someone asks you to take something that isn't yours to handle, considered including the word don't do demonstrate the healthy limits you have for your life. Um, Cause she says how you say it matters. Like what she was talking about, you know, TJ Maxx and the credit cards. And you're like, no, thank you. Not today. Instead just being like, I don't, I don't use credit cards or I don't open store credit cards, you know, letting them know that it's a hard no. Like I'm done. I'm passing on this. 
don't push me because they will, they'll push. We've experienced that recently. So I just, I said, I don't have space or time for more in my schedule right now. That's good. I wrote, I don't think this aligns with what God has for me. I won't be able to, or I don't cut myself thin and saying yes to that would. Good. Good stuff. These two chapters were really good ones too. The whole book has been great and we definitely are learning and growing and I hope that y'all are too. We definitely pray that it's speaking to y'all as much as it is us because it's honestly been a huge blessing. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this Bible study. I think that it has been something that not only have we seen that we've needed, but I think that I, and I hope that you guys have been joining it as so much, um, as much as we have. So we thank you guys as always, make sure that you check out social and, um, make sure that you just interact with us because we love to hear your interaction. Um, we love y'all and we appreciate you and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Bye guys. Bye.